The Capital Weekly Podcast is a production of Open California and is sponsored by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Uh, greetings and welcome to the Capital Weekly Podcast, a shortened version of the podcast this time. We're going to focus on the worst week in California politics. The worst week. The worst week. The worst week. We're going to focus on who had the worst week in California politics. And by uh, general consensus, we think that's Yvonne Walker, president of the SEIU Local 1000, the 96,000 member largest local uh, representing state state workers in California. She lost her job and was ousted by Richard Lewis Brown, an analyst at the state treasurer's office. So, John, real question. She actually is still in place for a little while. Am I correct? She's in place through the next contract negotiation or the the ongoing one, which will restore the, um, uh, the cuts that Newsom had requested. And they agreed to because of the perceived shortage in state budget. As of July 1st, that will be re- that will be restored to the state workers, and I, not just SEIU 1000, but all of them. And uh, and then they'll negotiate new ones. Brown says he wants to renegotiate the new ones and ask for a big pay hike. That's kind of what's going on. I think the pay hike I heard was 21%. Yeah, that's right. He is seeking, he publicly has said he wants a 21% pay hike uh, for a local 1000. Uh, and Presumably, he's talking about all 96,000 members. Uh, he wants to cut in half the political spending that SEIU Local 1000 does. No, no, no. He wants to he wants to cut to zero the political spending. He wants to cut the dues in half. Uh, excuse me. He wants to cut. You're right. He wants to cut the dues in half, and he, he wants to eliminate uh, political spending. Cutting the dues in half, I could see, would be a really popular idea among union members who are always bitching and complaining about their dues. Uh, but it's kind of weird. You know, it's like, you know, it's like the Russians uh, in World War I who proposed eliminating the, ta- the tax on vodka and they, they eliminated their main source of revenue. It seems weird that a union leader would want to cut their dues in half and then eliminate political spending at a time when political clout is really crucial for a union's, uh, for a union survival and plays a great measure, great part in how uh, the union is perceived in state government, which is a big deal. And despite all that, or because of all that, out of 96,000 members, he polled 78, the total vote was 7,800 votes. And that's that not just for him. Weird. That's total vote for the for the everyone combined. Yes, that's a total vote for everyone, 7,800 votes. Uh, that translates, by my figuring, translates into maybe less than 9%. So I just don't where this guy is going. What do you think, Tim? Where is what's happening there? You know, I I am afraid I don't know the internal uh, politics of the union there. I yeah. did know it well enough when I saw this. You know, I saw this come over Twitter. The people had done this count, and it did strike me as an absolute bombshell. And I've spoken to a few union people off the record. None of them would go on the record. And yeah. they confirmed that, yes, this was absolutely a bombshell. And I can say, you know, I immediately went to this guy's Twitter feed. Uh, and what was interesting is when I looked up his Twitter feed on, I think it was Tuesday night that he had won. When I looked it up 
he had a total of 29 followers on Twitter, which for a guy that just took over a union of 96,000 members is was just jaw-dropping to me. He also had, uh, I thought maybe I'd share this. There's a video that he had posted on his Twitter that lays out his plan for the union. This is the argument that got him elected. So let me share this with, uh, with our audience here. And I know you've heard this before, but this is uh, Richard Lewis Brown. This is, the, this is the kind of rhetoric that got him elected. So... Hello, I'm Richard Lewis Brown, and I seek your vote to become the new Local 1000 president. I will restore your hope for a real union by enforcing our union contracts. So please don't sit this important election out. Now, ballots are mailed on April 19th with a return date of May 20th by 5 p.m. As your new Local 1000 president on day one, I will reduce your dues by 50% and eliminate all political spending by our union. Black Lives Matter, Fight for 15, Open Borders Immigration, and endorsing politicians are not issues for Local 1000 to be involved in. As your president, we will only be involved in creating and using a strike fund to ensure that a contract negotiations lead to a substantial guaranteed 20% pay increase with GeoPay and COLA and providing quality job representation for all of our represented employees equally. I will also establish voting and job stewardship for everyone without requiring a person to pay a poll tax. Please vote for me, Richard Lewis Brown, for your new Local 1000 president for financial justice and dignity in the workplace. I thank you very much. Have a great day. And thank you for reading my email. Thank you. So, you know, that's pretty wow. radical rhetoric. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I, frankly, I don't even know that he can do some of the things he wants to do. Can he uh, by himself cut cut dues in half. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. he can, I just don't know enough about it, but uh, uh, that did resonate with enough people. What did you say? I think there were 2,700, 2,800 people did vote for him. Now, Yvonne Walker came pretty darn close. I think she got about three, 400 votes less than him. And then other, uh, other candidates also got, you know, in the neighborhood of 2000 votes. So they really fractured the vote here and yeah. he came away with, uh, what'd you say? I think it was 33% of the vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 33% of the vote. And she had 27%. Um, you know, that's a good question. What can he do unilaterally and what does he have to go to the union for, uh, to approve new contracts? He needs, he needs union approval. So if 7,800 votes was the total vote in this election, uh, which is maybe 9% of the electorate, or the people who didn't vote in this election who support his ideas as he's you know, articulated them publicly about getting FTP raises and cutting dues and that kind of thing, are they going to vote the second time around? Are they going to be in favor of this? I mean, that's one large, I think that's one large question and that's not answered yet. Another, another issue is the board, SEIU board, they have 60 people on the board. So, how does he interact with them in dealing with this? It He strikes me as an outlier. I may be totally wrong here. Uh, and as you said, I, I certainly don't know much about the internals of SEIU politics. But to this extent, it just seems improbable that he can deliver on these campaign promises. Now, it is true that Yvonne Walker uh, in 2018 narrowly won re-election, but three of her deputies were uh, removed and supplanted with others, one of whom was uh, an unsuccessful candidate in this election. So she knows, and SEI knew knows, 
that there has been a political turmoil there for a number of years involving Walker and the high command. So that I don't think is a surprise to anybody. But how that plays out in the long term is, you know, is anybody's guess. I certainly don't know. But my first take on this is this is a very strange, improbable, weird election. And Brown may uh, wind up being a very short term president of this, or he might, you know, he may last a long time. But if so, uh, he's going to have to have more support than he has now. And it should be noted that you mean, SCI is You mean he's going to need to have more, more they, support than 33% of 9%? Yeah, he has to have a lot more support, and it should be noted that the uh, the larger SEIU, the Umbrella Union, seven hundred thousand members, they support Newsom, and they don't and like the recall. And he's just the president of SEIU one thousand, which right to be clear, there uh, that's a lot of people. I think that's almost a hundred thousand people. That's true. Uh, There's so, ninety six thousand people. Uh, they're state workers. He negotiates, or the SEIU local one thousand negotiates on their behalf. That's actually true. And to some extent, I guess it's kind of like the tail wagging the dog. But it should be noted that SEIU's larger presence numerically in California, uh, the head of that uh, organization or the spokesperson for that organization, organization says, hey, we, that we support Newsom. And to that extent, Brown strikes me as really an outlier. And uh, it's certainly a, a lot of turmoil. I don't know where this is all going to end up. This is a very, very strange election. And when and you the, consider, um, go ahead, I'm sorry. Jim. I was going to say, um, you know, uh, it's often difficult for us to figure out who had the worst week in California. Yeah, that's right. This week, uh, it was not really that difficult to see. Uh, you know, again, when I saw these results come in on Tuesday, frankly, I wasn't surprised to see that Walker had lost because as you noted before, Walker has had a challenge that came darn close not that long ago. What yeah. I was surprised to see was that someone that is really the antithesis of her and her her, her management style, everything uh, took took the place. Of, you know, I mean, someone that's that's talking the exact opposite, uh, the exact opposite politics, and really for. Uh, Richard Lewis Brown, he really is not about using the union to advance uh, political political policies. I know uh, they've been very involved in things like the fight for 15 and other political fights that have not been directly related to the union. And he is going in the exact opposite direction. So that to me was a real shocker. And, and like I said, I really, I feel like this was a pretty easy week to figure out who had the worst week was Yvonne Walker and to a larger degree, the, the state employee unions. Uh, I'm sure that they cannot be thrilled to have a guy that is saying, hey, you want to fight for Newsom? That's your problem, not my problem. No, I agree. Um, and it, it just, it's remarkable to me that the turnout was so low. I keep coming back to the turnout, just amazing that the turnout was this low. I mean, the classic cliche about voters is they vote for their pocketbook. And I would think that in terms of a union, uh, in terms of a labor union, that would be true in spades. They would really vote their, their pocketbook. But here you have a tiny, uh, a small percentage, less than 10% of the electorate in this union uh, voting for basically an unknown. And it just strikes me as, as odd from the outside looking in, it strikes me as very odd that they would do this. So who knows what's to come in this? I don't think this is the last, this isn't the end of this story. There's more going on with this. And I'm sure right now uh, there's 
uh, turmoil going on again with the high command of SEIU who are going to be lining up, I would think, uh, against Brown. I don't know. I'm just offering that as a suggestion. And it's certainly something I'm going to be looking at. And I think it's very interesting to all of us. Yeah. Well, and, you know, down the road, maybe uh, another podcast, we will uh, be lucky enough to have someone from SKU 1000. Hey, uh, Richard Lewis Brown, if you're listening, you want to be on the podcast. We'd love love to talk yeah. to you about your vision for the union and uh, what motivated you to uh, to run. So uh, yeah. or, yeah. hey, uh, you know, and Yvonne Walker, if you want to come on the podcast, we'll love to have you, too. So. Uh, so absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, well, Tim Foster, thank you very much. Thanks, Sean. Uh, thanks for the discussion. It's John Howard, and we will talk to you next time around. Take care. The Capital Weekly Podcast is produced by Tim Foster for Open California. If you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you'll go onto iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a positive review. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week. The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations.